Back here on the Northland Sports Page, all set to start hour number two. Brian Prudhomme with Dave Cook and now with Jay Hagan. It's time for our second edition this year of Five Guys in July, but it needs a name change to start. <laughs> Only in America was the name of the song. That's by Jay and the Americans. Jay Hagan, that was my first suggestion for a name change. Jay and the Americans might fit. But the reason we need a name change today is because Five Guys in July this year is not accurate because we welcome a woman to the discussion. But first, we welcome you. Good morning, sir. Thank you for having me. And again, it's Jay Hagan with the Veterans Memorial Hall, all part of the St. Louis County Historical Society. Talk a little bit before we dive into person number two to be honored this year of what that is and what that does for our community. Yeah, uh, Veterans Memorial Hall is a program in the St. Louis County Historical Society, and our, our mission down there is to collect, preserve, and disseminate the history of St. Louis County. And the Veterans Memorial Hall is in specific. It's to collect and preserve and disseminate the history of veterans of Minnesota. So we stretch those boundaries a little bit. But, uh, you know, within Minnesota or northeastern Minnesota, that's our, our general goal. So. Absolutely. And that sounds like a lot of work. But as we talked about last week, it's work that you enjoy, particularly this particular segment. Because for me, again, we talked with Bud Grant as the topic last week, how that was an element of surprise with everything that we found out that he did. I can feel the giddiness when you reach out to me during the week and go, oh, we've got to do this person. And this week's honoree maybe leads that discussion because, again, five guys in July was the brainchild. Well, the guys are taking a back seat today. So you're excited about this one. They, they are. You know, we're, uh, we're going to give equal, equal rights, equal time here today because uh, Patty Berg or Patricia Jane Berg from Minneapolis right. uh, is a legendary golfer down there. But there's a lot of stuff we didn't know about her. Well, and one of those things, because I don't talk a lot of golf on this show, and one of the criticisms that my mother gives me is, you guys sure talk a lot of football. Well, when it comes to Patty Berg, we could actually do that. Yeah, this is one of the big surprises, is that she was a quarterback <laughs> on a club team in her, in her neighborhood, and it included the likes of a team that included the likes of Bud Wilkerson, who was a, a Sooners coach in, in his uh, later days. But uh, yeah, so she was uh, a quarterback on that team. So See, that who I'm says thinking... Minnesota hasn't had enough good quarterbacks? We had them earlier than we thought. <laughs> we didn't draft her early enough, I guess. Well, somebody <laughs> did. It may just not have been a pro sports team. She right, was in a different right. sort of draft. Well, yeah, not only that, but I just just found out last night so the script doesn't show it but she was also a very good speed skater so excellent so the athleticism knows no bounds now dave cook is back in his regular seat this week he missed the bud grant discussion last week but we like to cater to dave when he comes back the opening topic today was about road trips because he took one now you catered to him in an even bigger way because i usually i roll this but with military there's no you know limit to appreciation but for me to appreciate a gopher takes a special segment Patty Berg, that qualifies, yes? Uh, yes, yeah, it's a tough one. but You're you know, welcome, Dave. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, she was... Um, the last um, guy played for the U. Oh, that's true. So yeah. you, We're you, aware, oh, yeah. but we, yeah. we focused on the Vikings and Superior and all that good stuff. Got it, yeah. got it. So, right. yeah, we, unfortunately, we've had a couple gophers on here, but uh, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to live with it. So. so tell us the non-athletic backstory of Patty Berg, because that's something we want to focus on, too. The fun is the tie-in with the sports, which we're dabbling in already, but the military tribute. Again, for me, there's, there should be no limit on you know, military paying homage, if you will, to everybody that served at any level. Tell us that backstory when it comes to Patty Burke. Well, yeah, she, um, um, so she started as an amateur golfer at 13, and, and one of those, you know, the, the sport, you don't think of it in Minnesota terms because you're only talking about, you know, three, months. I was going to say, you months. get to do it three weeks a year. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you would think if she was discovered at 13 as a golfer that she'd be living 
down in Highlands, Florida. Yeah. You know, right. You know, like all the tennis grades do. Exactly, Teenage years yeah. down in Florida. That's yeah. just a way of life. Hone the skills, you know, 24 yeah. hours a day, seven days a week. Right. right? But uh, she didn't. She was. She stayed in Minnesota, and I guess she honed it by uh, speed skating and playing quarterback, right? So, yeah, 29, I got right, 29 amateur titles in, in her six years. Sure. I mean, that, that's some incredible numbers when you think about it. I was going to say six and 29 years in Minnesota sounds good. 29 right. and six, that sounds unfathomable. Right. And then in that one year, I think it was like uh, 39, she, she won nine of the last 12 tournaments she entered. Now, who could put number? You can't even, that's yeah. not even Tiger numbers, right? Right, right. I, I, think the, I think the interesting thing when it comes to her career and uh, is, you know, you think about, black and white movies, you think about pre-World War II, you think about all those things, and then you put in female golfer, right, to the point where, you know, historically recognized. Um, we talk about Billie Jean King, we talk about all We talk about all these women who, in athletics, were cutting edge, right, trailblazers. Right. Serena. Is, is there a better trailblazer than Patty Burke? Like, she went from, I mean, she, she was, you know, she was the closest thing to a professional golfer, uh, at that time, right, and this is pre World War II, way pre, before pre Michelle Wee and Nancy Lopez. There was Patty Burke. That's right. Yeah. So, so she goes pro in 1940, and um, but of course in 41, you know Pearl Harbor, and uh, so she sets down the, the 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 clubs for a little bit. Uh, she won one tournament during the during the war, and the main reason she just she would had joined the Marine Corps. You know, so that was like, that was her calling. So she joined and the Marine Corps Reserve, as it was called, Women's Reserve, it it was sort of like the Rosie the Riveters. They were, right. they were brought in to replace the men so that the men could go off to war. So it wasn't like she was in the front lines. But, you know, as I said last week, every veteran treats every other veteran the same. It doesn't matter if you're as in they combat should. or not. Right. Yet again, though, there's the element of surprise because, you know, Steve Petosha was in that chair a week ago and he said... You know, you think of all these athletes that routinely had careers disrupted by war back in that era. I talked about Ted Williams and, you know, so many different players served. We just didn't think about it with women just as much because of the era. Right. Not because not only did they not serve, there weren't as many female athletes back then, period. Correct. Yeah. So literally she joins during the height of her career. I mean, you look at the the, the years of uh, that she would have been in her early yeah. 20s. Right. I mean, she's sacrificing. And, well, again, she she's in the reserve, so it's not a, you know, uh, it's not entirely full-time you know, capacity, but she only really only wins one major. But after she gets out and a lot of people think you take four years off in a professional level, you're never coming back. Regardless right? and, of the profession, by right, the way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think what happened in the NHL that one year, that strike and those guys could never come back. I mean, right. the, the older guys were just winded. That and, was it. Yeah. And that was only one year off. Right. So, so Patty comes back and yeah, wins 12 of her 15 majors after the war. Um, so she, she put it at a, literally at another level, but, but again, to, to put your career aside, 15 majors still sets the mark in the LPGA that nobody has right. touched. Uh, even though her overall career totals have been passed by others, but, uh, but the, uh, that majors mark has never been, never been touched. No question. So talk to me a little bit about when you discovered this, because the five guys in July, which can no longer be called that for this week, because we pay homage to Patty Berg, on the links and the great work that she did there, as well as being part of the Marine Corps. But, you know, we talk about the Veterans Memorial Hall and the Historical Society and the research you do to find this. 
Are these all in the bios of all these veterans? I mean, how do you search golf? Oh my goodness, we got a lady. I got to change my tune here. How much of the athletic accolades are put into the information you have about the veteran? Well, I mean, we don't put a lot of accolades as far as their sports. I mean, obviously, like Bud Grant's in our list now because he's over there in Superior. Sure. That's where he came from. Patty wouldn't have been in originally in our database, but, uh, the you know, finding her. Um, basically, I, I think I was doing some research for the show, and I just said, okay, so what are some of the other famous athletes? And I'll do their, you know, do the digging and see what, you know, whether they served or not. And some you find that they did, some you find they didn't. Uh, one that I, I, I was digging for I probably for a couple of days was Roger Maris because I thought, right. man, what a yeah. perfect candidate he would have been. We could do Hibbing. a live show from a museum in Fargo. Yeah. I'd be on board. Right, yeah. And, well, he's the from Hibbing. Yeah, he's from originally from Hibbing. Right, but you should and, see what the Fargo-Moorhead baseball team does to honor him. Yeah, and but and he was the period of time, right? He would yeah. have been a, a logical candidate, you know, yeah. kind of like Ted Williams. He would right. have been a logical candidate, but I could not find anything in there. And and I and I want that even if he even if he just served a, a month in the in the army or something like that. I want him in our database because again, it's northeastern Minnesota, so. So no, I did not find anything on him. So, but I'll keep looking. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe enlisted, and then he uh, he got tossed out a wall or something. So, if that's anybody the, who's listening knows, you know, give us a show. I was going to say, if you got information, otherwise, that's the beauty of Jay Higgins' role. You know, the five guys in July that has a woman in it today. It's kind of his baby, if you will, and he's always researching to see what he can find. Again, tie it all together, put a ribbon around it as a combo platter. Patty Berg. Excellent golfer, but Patty Berg, U.S. Marine Corps as well. Yes, uh, and that's where she, um, you know, she put down the clubs and uh, served her country. Again, didn't entirely because, again, she did play, but it wasn't nearly the degree, and it obviously showed in the number of tournaments that, that she played in and won, um, again, only one major during during those four years. And uh, But she did the uh, honorable thing and, and served her country. So She certainly did. Does it leave you wondering what if? You know, what if she had come back the same way or what if she hadn't taken that hiatus? But again, the Veterans Memorial Hall, that's the ultimate honor to do the right thing, as you said, and serve your country. As a math major, I should extrapolate that out and figure out what she would have. <laughs> would have uh, but you're you're right. I mean, uh, kind of like Tiger, you wonder what would have happened if he hadn't had back problems. I mean, everybody assumed he was going to break Jack Nicholas's record, but yeah. Patty had already set the mark. And uh, at that point, you know, could she have had twenty? Possibly at the rate she was winning them at uh, three to five a year. Yeah, there's no question she could add 20 majors. It's funny because when it's not one of the major four sports, we don't tend to do that kind of projection. But we talk about, you know, if Ted Williams wouldn't have missed time, what would his numbers have been like? You have to do that in the individual sports as well. And Patty Berg, you'd think perhaps she wouldn't be that relative unknown that we're unveiling today. She would be the headliner when you discuss LPGA type accolade it's amazing to me what you just said brian is that she's kind of hidden right right but here we have a lady who had all these awards who did it before women's sports was really a thing uh was a marine right and during the war and so i mean it's all these parts should she should be a pioneer not a hidden gem and hopefully we're doing that today that's my point right yeah that's 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 exactly why we do this right is to find these uh hidden gems um, but, uh, yeah, she just, uh, I, I, I kind of put her in that level of like Margaret court in tennis, right? Yeah. You know, she has the record. Nobody knows it because everybody's watching Serena 
attempting to break the record, and and the, and it looks like she's going to come up short unless uh, she gets back out there again. Right, she, right. You know, that's just amazing stat that that Patty has out there. So, and as a native Minnesotan, it's 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 good that we honor her. Right. I was going to say this this state. Nobody does one of us better. I think we need to do more to honor Patty Berg as we're doing today. Again, honoring these veterans and big events around veterans are a big part of what your organization does. Talk a little bit more about what's ahead on the calendar just for the business, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what's on the calendar for this weekly segment too. Okay, yeah. Um, well, our mission, again, as I said, is we collect, preserve, and disseminate the history of, of veterans in northeastern Minnesota, and we do it by programs, projects, publications, you know, events, exhibits, and educational com- uh, components. So uh, uh, the one educational one I just want to talk about briefly is the Mycolio Scholarship. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, it, it'll be due in, um, uh, mid October right now. You can get an application online. I'm going to leave you guys with a couple of them here. So if anybody's interested, uh, go on to our website, which is www.thehistorypeople.org and you can find the application there or onto our VMH website, which is vets-hall.org. And you can find the, the tracing or the links to get to the uh, application there. So you need to write a four to ten page paper about a local veteran, and you have a chance to win a fifteen hundred dollars scholarship. So, a little bit of a segue, but a little bit off the beaten path. You know a thing or two about having a family member get a scholarship, and I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> your uh, day nice. today as well, because <laughs> when you're done here, I know what some of your day entails. CJ Hams in town, and and the Hagens and the Hams are suddenly a lot closer than they used to be. Yeah, a lot closer. Right? Uh, you know. Um, so uh, he has his camp today. So uh, um, my daughter Rachel uh, won the CJ um, Ham the Ham Family Scholarship. Yep, have fam- family scholarship. Because right? they don't disclude Steph. Right? Yeah, because she's a very good runner. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Laverne and uh, Rachel over there right now um, uh, participate in the camp, and uh, I'm going to get my broken bones over there for the afternoon session and see how I can. Uh, interfere so i can't wait to hear that later we won't hold you up too much longer but you do have three more weeks with us as well so come next saturday we don't know where we'll be our hope would be to be on location at the air show like you will be but that's to be determined it's it's very likely we'll be right back in the studio and probably find a way to get you by phone that's been a challenge lately too but we do have three weeks of this left and next week has kind of a fun one in store because it's a family name i believe that's been talked about on this show a lot not always in the most positive light. That will change next Saturday. Tell us what lies ahead. Yeah, no, I know how much you like baseball. I love and, it. And uh, and uh, he's a bit of a polarizing figure. but um, Pun fully intended. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, Carl Polad, the uh, uh, owner of the Twins, who's passed away now, who, um, um, yeah, he, he was quite a veteran, uh, quite a hero in uh, in his own respect. And I want to spoil the rest of the story at this point, but... Carl Pohl had to be our See, he's got this guy. business down. That's called a tease right there. Tease, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty well done. And, of course, next week's segment will be free, and nobody knows about the poll ads without saying the word cheap. So I had to throw that in as well. But, again, it will be nice to talk very positively about the late, great Carl Polad next week. But for this week, as we bump out with American Woman, we got a chance to honor our first woman as part of this segment Patty Berg, Jay Hagan, this was fun, man. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was great. I, I really enjoyed this one. I will get Thanks, a chance Jay. to see you later today. Yep. Give our best to CJ Ham and family. Let us know how that camp goes as well. We'll talk to you next Saturday. All right. Thanks for having me. That is Jay Hagan from the Veterans Memorial Hall, part of the St. Louis County Historical Society. That's our five guys in July. But this time, the ladies took center stage. Miss Patty Berg got the proper honor today. When we come back, So many good local stories. We just covered some from the past. 
We're going to talk about just this past year for different schools in the area. Which local story were we most infatuated with? That's next year on the Northland Sports Page. Stick around. We'll be right back. Back on the Northland Sports Page, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Just like last week with Steve Petosha and myself, it takes until about 1130, but Dave, finally, it's just the two of us again. Just the two of us. But it never really is because we're so helped by such a great group of sponsors. Let's give them some love right now. All right, Brian, because we do have a fantastic group of sponsors. And let's start with the OG, Arola Architecture Studio. They, they stuck with us during COVID. They're the reasons we're still around. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Krauss Heating and Cooling, your carrier carrier for carrier HVAC up here in northeastern Minnesota. They are your carrier authorized dealer. Advantage Element Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations at London Road, Proctor, Two Harbors, Blackwater Downtown, and Tavern on the Hill, Avenue 45, the Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, and Kohler Honda. And I've got, of course, our newest sponsor. I don't know how long they can be called new, but they're certainly welcomed and a big part of what we do. But our friends at Comfort Systems continue their introductory offer as part of the Northland Sports Page family. Sign up for a service appointment and do it online at comfortsystemsduluth.com. Simply mention you heard it right here on the Northland Sports Page. You will receive $20 off that service appointment. Again, it's at comfortsystemsduluth.com, one of the great local businesses of that great list you just read, Dave Cook. And local really is what we're about. And that's what this segment's going to be about. And quite frankly, something that stuck with me that I was told at Hoopla by a listener. And the fact that they listen is the important part. But I was told, you know, you guys don't really do enough local. And I'll say that I was immediately taken aback. But I thought, okay, then we got to get better at it. Because how accurate it may or may not have been, that can be debated for a whole segment if we want it. But there is a way to do more. And we used to do a lot with the NSP awards, but just like everything else involving prep athletics, you get some backlash of you didn't mention this kid in this school and this kid in this school and this kid in this school. We're going to risk getting some backlash today because instead of doing a plethora of awards, we've talked a lot about memorable today. Yeah. We're going to talk about most memorable local stories from the school year. Now I have to be careful because my wife is teaching summer school until July 20th. So she's going to say, wait a minute, school's not over. Well, mostly. I've still got grad parties, but ask the graduates. That means school's over. So we can reflect on the school year that was and the sports stories associated for prep and for collegiate. The other thing that was really hard, Brian, is the spring season this year was such a cluster. Yeah, I remember that week. Yeah, that, I mean, to even to pick out uh, awards would have been difficult. But you know, we're talking about local and we're talking about spring season and we're talking about sport. Is there, there's one team we have to start with, right? Superior softball. Superior softball. Well, and I'll tell you what, if there's any ESCO baseball folks that are listening, they'd like a word. Oh, 100%. Because they would be my top two. The fact that the spring season was so incredibly short, yet you could argue, and that's the sake of this segment, you could argue, you may not be right, you may not be wrong. You could argue that those two spring teams were two of the biggest stories in the Northland. And because of Mother Nature's fury this year, you don't think of the Northland in spring sports. We should. Well, and I think Esco's uh, win got um, undercovered because, you know, it's it's after the school year. Um, the, the season was kind of a mess. Right. And they just kind of jumped uh, and, won the, and won the whole thing. And right. It's a great story. Superior was undefeated all the way up to the last game. And uh, and that team that beat him in the last game has won 81 in a row. Yeah. That adds to the story. You could say, well, Esco should be above because they are state champs. Superior was not. 
I think the fact that they played a team that just simply hasn't lost. Now you can go back to that 82nd game and go, yeah, they did. But, but I mean, <laughs> yes, that did. long ago, that that's a thing that yeah. adds to the you story. Were still in high school. Right. Yeah. yeah. They haven't lost basically since the Obama administration. Right. Uh, that's actually might be factual. True. Yeah, yeah. Might be factual. So, I mean, I think that those are the, the two big high school, um, pushes right now are those two spring sports that were just unbelievable. Like, right. Like Esco football was good. I mean, yep. we've got Hermantown hockey did what Hermantown hockey yep. does. We got a, we got a gopher coming out of Esco, which is awesome. Right. Um, the, you got to go for basketball player coming out of cherry. That was a big deal too. All hundred percent. Correct. Is, is there. Um, but I think this was the year for our colleges. It was, I mean, I know you've got a big one in men's yep, hockey. I do. Come April 1st, if you weren't discussing UMD women's basketball, you where were attention. you living? Because you weren't anywhere near here. Yep. And don't forget, the men's made a nice little run as well. Right. They did. Plus, I didn't think in this area there'd be anything possibly overshadowing hosting a Frozen Four. Because on the women's side, they did that. And that's a huge story. No yep. disrespect at all. That's mammoth. And people that put it on did a great job. But it was almost like, oh, yeah, because UMD had a different team in a different sport, still rolling at a national level. And Brooke Olson was a national athlete of the year. Yep. How do you get bigger than that? I feel like this is a bit of our, we do this for New Year's every time, our top 10 big stories, pro and local combined. I feel like we're kind of hashing it out at the midpoint of the year. Yeah, but I think the biggest story is that UMD's women basketball. I mean, yeah. it just it just is because... Um, of the level that they, they got to and, and not quote unquote un, as unexpected as the men's run was, but their level of, you know, they, they started by squeaking some things out and they learned how to win. Right. And goodness gracious, they, they went on a tear and you're right. We, we were lucky enough to do a radio game, um, for, against for St. Cloud way back around Christmas time. And every so often, Brian, you see an athlete that the game just comes to right. them. And Brooke Olson, when there was any money on the table, the ball found her. Her guards were great. I mean, everybody knew where to go with it. Right. But the ball found her in situations where UMD needed something to happen. Right. And she made it happen. And then late in the season, particularly during the postseason run, there was foul trouble. That was a big part of Brooke Olson's struggles, if you will. Although even her struggles were darn good games. Yeah. But that's when the Hackamackies, the Gilbertsons, the Thiessons did their part. And yep. you go... This isn't Brooke Olson and her supporting cast. Right. This is a bulldog team that made it fun. Yeah, and and that's a hundred percent true. It's in rather than you know a, the singer with the backup doo wops. Right, it, it was a true band with a star on. It, it wasn't like Jay and the Americans as Jay Hagan just left <laughs> us and had his segment today. And then of course going to hockey. I know as the PA guy for just about every game that's played in Mars Lakeview, you always enjoy that building and bring it the atmosphere that it has. But how much easier do we know things are as public address announcers when you have a big crowd to work with? That one title game that unfortunately went the wrong direction, you had a great crowd and, and the town was abuzz with CSS men's hockey. Yeah, that CSS men's hockey team um, going into the, you know, MIAC and performing at the at the level they have for two years, really. But last year, winning the MIAC, um, scoring pretty much at will. Have They had the offensive player of the year the defensive player of the year and their goaltender and the player of the year and the offensive player of the year was one twin. The player of the year was the other. Um, I mean, that's one of the best hockey seasons that I've 
ever seen because right. they would come in and a team would try to rough them up and, and they don't score them. A team would try to run with them and they don't score them. Their goaltender would stand in his head if he needed and they won. And they bring most of those guys back, Brian. This year's this year's team should be, I mean, if they get goaltending because they graduate their goaltender. Um, if they get goaltending, this team could be amazing next year. They could. And then particularly with the Saints, there's so much of a umbrella of talk of, well, they're still adjusting to the Mayak. And that's absolutely true. And they just got a brand new baseball coach this week. And we'll see what kind of expectations he brings with it. Hopefully we get him on the show sometime. But there's a sport or two that no adjustment needed. And men's hockey said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and carry the torch in that department. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where Scholastica can see that we can compete at, at this level. And I'm really, Brian, I know that the football team was, was, you know, at best improving last year, but they were improving. You know, they have the number one position kind of taken care of. Um, and they've got the right coach, you know, half is a great coach and it's really tough to say on a team that won three games. Right. But the improvement there, the women's basketball team, the improvement there, um, I think that we're going to say, like you said, we'll see it with the baseball team. We're not even talking about Riley Dawson softball team, which is always, always competitive. The track and fields, the cross countries, Chad's, um, Chad's skiing program, right? The soccer teams, the men's soccer team was, was very good. The women's soccer team is going to be fine too. Um, but it's the men's hockey team that led Scholastica and the, and the local, um, you know, hockey here. Speaking of local, a little trampled by turtles bumping us out a little wait so long. Sorry. We waited so long to honor so many great stories locally that happened during this school year. But part of it was wanting to avoid the backlash because when we've ranked you, we get a lot of backlash. I'll tell you this. We loved all of you. That's why we discussed so many here today. We're all about giving out awards though. At some point. For the Twins, are at the midpoint of their season. We close the show with our midseason awards for the Minnesota Twins. They lead the American League JV by half a game. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be right back. Thank you for being with us on today's roller coaster ride that is the Northland Sports Page. Back for a final segment, but plenty of time in it, and that's good because we've got a half a season and more to assess for the Minnesota Twins. That's always been a little comical to me, as it's Brian Prudhomme and Dave Cook. Dave, the All-Star break is the proverbial halfway point, and I stress proverbial because somebody in Major League Baseball can't do math. Because the All-Star break starts after tomorrow's games. And after tomorrow's games, I believe the Twins will have played 90 or 91 games. That's a little more than half of 162. Yeah, no no doubt. And now that uh, now that the draft is involved as well, it, it, it is a weird spot to, to take a break and do all this stuff all at once and then call it the halfway point. Right. And they do... When it comes to post and pre All Star break, they say, "Well, his first half and his second half yep. were like this." Well, okay, but my second half only got forty five percent of the season. Correct, 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 correct. But so what we do because we do this at each quarter mark, and as we continue our math lessons today, two quarters is one half. <laughs> we do our mid season Twins awards, and they look just like our first quarter awards. We give an MVP. Yep. We give a Cy Young. We give an Anthony Young, the late great Anthony Young. If you don't know his struggles, just Google the stats. His ERA wasn't terrible, but his win-loss record really was. Epic. And then biggest surprise, that's a positive. Biggest disappointment, that obviously isn't. Question I had into the break there was, can we count injured players? Your response was perfect because you said, well, yeah, because if we don't, they don't have enough people. Correct. That is that is 100% right. We have to count injured. We have to count, I mean, 
Uh, I'm not going to pick this guy, but Miranda just got back up. Is I mean, does well, he... I can tell you this: he's he's getting one of mine. He doesn't want it, but he's getting one of mine. You're going to call him uh, Anthony Young because his ERA is not great. No, but I I could because he's disappointed me at everything else. Nice. So let's start with some of the positive. Because we have a Cy Young, I'm not going to give an MVP to a pitcher. This needs to go to a position player. I I see you nodding, so you agree with me on this. Who is your MVP for the Twins? So the M- the MVP of of this team is really hard to choose. It is. The first two are really hard to choose, and you'd think they'd be at polar opposites. This was a lineup that was supposed to be loaded, so finding an MVP would be hard. This is a franchise that traditionally hasn't had much in pitching, so finding a Cy Young positively would be hard. They're both hard, but flip the reasons around. And and some of the... Some of there's there's all kinds of different reasons and and you can make a legitimate argument that the MVP on this team is Carlos Correa even though he's not had a great year but everybody else is kind of spun out behind him. I don't know if Lewis has enough at bats because he's been big all season long. Right. Um. For when he's when he's played. Right. Um. Should we? I'm gonna go with the kid first baseman even though he doesn't get enough at bats because when he's on the field they're a better team and they they have I mean there must be something. Because they seem to pull him out of the games all the time, right? But if it's not him, it's Willie Castro. It's it's well, either it's either Kirilov or Castro. I was gonna say now I don't get a turn because my MVP is 100 percent Willie well, Castro. Tell us why. I think Kirilov is because when he's in the lineup, the lineup makes sense, and he plays a decent first base, and he and he takes professional at bats, and he hits the ball all over the place. Yep. And on a team that doesn't do that enough, I think he's the guy. And I don't disagree with. Any of that, but I go back to what we just said. We were kind of outlining the parameters of this segment and do injured players count? Yes, because without that, we don't have enough people. Well, the Twins have a litany of injuries. I said this before about Willie Castro. We've talked about him. He can literally play just about anywhere on the diamond. I don't think he's played first and maybe he hasn't caught. I know for sure he hasn't caught. Maybe he's actually played first. I know he's pitched, but you know, an outfielder gets hurt. That's okay. You can put Castro over there. Third baseman gets hurt. That's okay. You can put Castro over there. Second baseman, Polanco's been out forever. Well, you can put Castro over there. Correa's not producing, needs a day. You can put Castro over there. And he's not hurting them at all. And this team in the beginning, they were talking about the enlarged bases, the pitch clock, all these things. The stolen base is going to come back. Well, the Twins didn't do it for a solid month. All of a sudden, Willie Castro might set the single season record for stolen bases by a twin. We'll see. That that might be a grandiose take, but it's very possible. I give him the MVP just for being a Swiss Army knife. He doesn't take as professional at-bats as AK does, so I agree with you. He doesn't have as much potential, I don't think, as Kirilov does. But for a guy that didn't have a job about four to five weeks before the season started, he's been a steal, pun intended. Well, you know who he has made us forget, right? Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon. Yep. Yeah. And and so I think Gordon's going to have a problem. I think if they like Castro as much as they use him— and Nick Gordon might be in a trade someplace. Right. If he can get healthy again, because you can't trade damaged goods. But so before we jump, I got a question for you. If Lewis is healthy and he has played as well for the last, you know, again, the last five days as he's played for the 20 days beforehand, it's really sad because it's, it's a really small, but it could be him. But is it, is it yeah. him? Or you could have the timeless debate of, is it MVP based on numbers or is it without this guy, they'd be in a world of hurt because then it still is Carlos Correa who's yeah. had to balloon his way to two thirty, And he's what about, still the guy that as he goes, they'll follow. And what about farmer? Like he's, he's Willie Castro light, right? He's played every position. He hasn't, he doesn't make the impact, 
Right. But he's been there to make sure all the holes are plugged. The fact that every MVP candidate we've brought up, with the exception of Correa, is nowhere near a big name you were going to lean on this year tells you the trials and tribulations of this lineup. All right. Speaking of things getting old, do you want to expose some old takes? At the quarter mark, my MVP was Michael A. Taylor. Yours was Joey Gallo. How have they been since then? Yeah, right. No doubt, Taylor right? and Flashes and Joey Gallo for about one weekend. Yeah. But Cy Young is tough because all of the pitchers have been quite good. Who do you got? I. It this is this is really hard, um, because you know my takes on closers, so I'm not going to make it Durant. Right, right. I and have you watched this week the two losses they got? You can't. I, I, I'm gonna make people laugh, right? Because this probably isn't right. Give it to Bailey over. I am giving it to Bailey. It's over. not a bad take at all. I, I just think that he has shown uh, the ability to pitch, the ability to pitch deep, the ability to pitch in big games, and. He was the guy that didn't make it out of spring training, and he could have hung his head, and he didn't, and he came back, and now he's never going to see St. Paul again. Right, and I think it has an interesting parallel to the Willie Castro because you can say for a guy that didn't have a job for how long because Bailey Ober didn't make this opening day roster, he only got here when injuries started to creep in. Look how big he's been. Tough luck, no decision last night, but you can't argue with what Bailey Ober gives them time and time again. Cy Young isn't about consistency. If it was, he's the guy for sure. Yep. Mine is still Joe Ryan. It's the only quarter mark, I think, that gets repeated. He just passes the eye test for me. And some people either say, well, it bugs me that nothing bugs him. I actually like that. You can't tell that he's grinding through an inning. You can't tell that back-to-back guys took him deep like happened in Atlanta. You know, some people that know more about Joe Ryan than us have said, well, that's because we're not even entirely sure he realizes it. And that can be a good or bad part of a personality, but... So far, it treats him well. He's pitched well when they've given him a ton of run support. He's pitched well when they've given him none. He just looks the part. They need a win today. I believe he's Sonny goes today. He's going Sunday. Joe Ryan is against Kyle Gibson. That should be fun. Do you remember um, back when Santana was here, they called him the the slump breaker? Right. right? Because Santana pitched, the Twins always had a shot. It's the stopper, yeah. Joe Joe Ryan has that makeup, Right. right? But here's the crazy thing. We just gave our Cy Youngs to the other guys because Sonny Gray is going to the uh, going to the All Star game, and Lopez is probably their most talented pitcher. Lopez is second in the league in strikeouts. Yep, and and so we've always said Twins pitching bad, blah blah. And right. Actually, their pitching's been pretty good. They're five deep, and you could argue for six or seven. Yep. It's pretty crazy how far they've come, but the bullpen hasn't come with. <laughs> the Anthony Young is painfully easy. Yes. Because it's the guy that it could have been for almost two years running now. Well, and honestly, we could change the name of the award anytime. To the Emilio <laughs> Pagan Award? Yes. Because yeah. I and, and in a way you feel bad for him. And and granted he's in the majors making major money, but the twins are doing him a disservice by keeping him in the major leagues because he's becoming the butt of jokes. Right. And and that's not fair. Or this award could become the bad trade award because if it's not Emilio Pagan and, and I'm not gonna knock mental health ever but it's Jorge Lopez if it's not Emilio Pagan. Those have been the two guys where you go, oh, Lord, keep it in the park, and they often don't. Can you So the Jorge Lopez is um, uh, Davis, Ron Davis. Ron Davis. Because Ron Davis was a setup guy um, for a monster closer, right? So he had no pressure. Right. When Lopez was in, he, I mean, he was a closer for a horrible team. He had no pressure. Now he came into a spot where he had pressure. Ron Davis became a closer. Lopez came here to kind of be a savior. Right. And they just totally 
imploded under pressure. The only thing that both of those guys do, Pagan and Lopez, is basically highlight the importance of the return of Caleb Thielbar, the return of Brock Stewart. The bullpen is thin right now, and these guys that you wince when they're in the game, Giovanni Moran included, are going to be called upon in key spots. And the starters have given you everything that they possibly could. It'd be nice if we were up by four or five once in a while instead of two to one every night. And they're running Duran and Jackson aground. Right. And that's that's scary. And kudos to the bounce back because Griffin Jacks was my first quarter disappointment for the bullpen, the Anthony Young, because he had six losses. He's been basically invincible since then. Yep. Since we're kind of on a negative train, let's do the disappointment before we do the surprise. Who's your disappointment? My guy. Buxton? Yes. It is Buxton because... There is a light at the end of the tunnel, though. He's been tattooing it. But Cedric Mullins exists. Let's just hold tight. The problem with Buxton is that as a as a center fielder, he makes a heck of a DH, and half of more than half of his uh, add to a baseball team is the ability to be the best center fielder in the major leagues. And he is a two twenty strikeout guy who swings straight up the chimney, and if he hits it, he hits it a long, long way, and he's a right. huge motivator, and everybody likes him, and I like him. Like I'm not, but you can't have a designated hitter who is that guy. I mean, he's Joey Gallo, except he has he's right-handed. Yes, and and I can't stand it because I'm one of his favorite fan. I'm one of his biggest fans, right? But he's a center fielder, not a DH. And and goodness gracious, that's disappointing. Yeah, I mentioned that I would bring up Jose Miranda. Now I get to. I didn't at the quarter mark because he wasn't either active or maybe even with the team because he did get sent down. And that's really all you need to hear with the fact that this offense as a whole was supposed to be so much better than it is. Underachieving from Buxton, yep. underachieving from Correa, Kepler's normal achievement, which newsflash isn't very good, but it was going to be, well, you've got a middle of the lineup with Correa, Buxton, Miranda, Polanco, and you're going to be fine. Well, you've got hurt, underachieving, underachieving, and darn near invisible. What happened to Jose Miranda? He cut down on strikeouts on a team that strikes out way too much. But he sacrificed everything, everything. that made him a good hitter yep. to not strike out. Yep. I would take a whiff or two from Jose Miranda if it meant he's stinging the ball or putting it in the seats once in a while because little numbers to second or short are getting a little old. How fast, though, is he going to get past? Brooks Lee is having another good season. He, he only gets a pulse because of the Royce Lewis injury. Yes. Without I mean, question. Legitimately, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a deal, we got we just named two players who you could throw into a package, right? right? They're not going to be headliners, but they'll get you a better player. The only thing is people are going to know, well, they're selling that piece because they want to. You, no, they're you're not going to sell low. They're selling that piece because they have players who play the same position who who are better. Agreed, but it's a little bit like we want Max Kepler gone because Walner's here. Well, you're not going to get a bunch back for Max Kepler because right. of that contract, and it's known that they don't hey, really need him. Willie Pete would have traded him for Babe Ruth. Well, right, because he can do it on MLB The Show. <laughs> Who's your biggest surprise? Because mine's a pitcher. But go ahead. No, that's. I think that's a. I think that's a great question. I think. I think my biggest surprise is the guy you picked for the MVP. I think it's Willie Castro. Yeah. Because he was an absolute throw-in to uh, the team. Right. We needed some guy, and so we got that guy, and and that guy turned into a linchpin. And I thought he was going to be Craig Monroe. Here's a guy that with the Tigers just made us his. You know what? He owned us. Yep. And he's going to come here and do nothing. And at times it looked that way, and times have turned. If we went to the past two weeks, the biggest surprise is Max Kepler because right. all of a sudden because he figured, he's not dead, he's he got a pulse. Something out, yeah. But he had the, the other first guy, half of the first year, right? The other guy that I wanted to pick for biggest surprise, 
because every time I look at his numbers, I go, really? On this team, that's pretty good. Is nobody talking about Ryan Jeffers? Because Ryan Jeffers, to me, is not a guy who's coming to the plate and I'm going, all right, something's going to happen because Jeffers is up. No, I don't think that at all. But you look, and on this team, heavy emphasis on that, his average isn't terrible. His OPS isn't terrible. He's got a little pop. We pay homage to the pitchers with regularity. Somebody's back there calling a good game. Vasquez does a good job defensively, too, but offensively, he's a train wreck. I thought about giving it to Jeffers, but it has to go to Brock Stewart for me because this bullpen was supposed to be set up to hopefully you get six from your starter, and then you go Jax, Lopez, Turan. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, Jax struggled early. Lopez, train wreck. Thielbar could have been in that mix, too. Injured quite a bit. Who knew who Brock Stewart was prior to May of this year? No, I agree. Not a lot of Twins fans, and he's a walking punch out right now. It's huge. And he's not available right now, which is part of the bullpen struggles you're seeing. The You you hit on somebody else who could be a definite um, disappointment. With his contract, Vasquez? Vasquez. Yeah. Because Vasquez has turned into you know whatever he is. Which the only is reason I didn't do that is Judy because catcher. I have no expectations for catchers. None. <laughs> no, but it's still just shocking how bad he's been. Like, yep. he doesn't hit his weight, and he's a pretty thick guy. Very true. Which, does that make it harder, though? Because imagine if he was only 160 sopping wet like Nick Gordon and couldn't <laughs> hit his weight. Uh, Mr. Mendoza. What do you make overall of this team with about three minutes left in the show? Because they're in first place as of 11.56 today. Yep. By the end of today, it's possible they're not. Simple as losing today, Cleveland wins. Guardians lead by half a game. But every time we thought the wheels are falling off, then they come back. Some naysayers have said, not really. Every time the wheels are falling off, they get to play the Royals. That's what happened this week. They aren't bad. They aren't good. They are who they are. But here's what I think is going to... And and actually, I'm, you know, Mr. Not Super Optimistic, right? That's usually me with the Twins. Here's the thing for me. Um, It seems that they may have finally taken the gloves off Baldelli. Yeah. And maybe we're seeing the type of manager that he is. If they get healthy... Right, and that's a gigantic if. Because I the it. list of injuries is gigantic. Yep. Yeah. Um, but if they get healthy, and all of a sudden your starters are starting to flex their muscles a little bit and go in seven and eight, your bullpen's healthy a little bit. Duran can get back on on his horse a little bit. Lewis has been a godsend. Their shortstop's good defender. But their Lewis first, is out for two months. Um, okay, so somebody's got to set up a yeah. third base. Miranda's got to figure it out, um, or it's going to be Donnie Barrels at third, which he's been great too. He should have been on the surprise list. Or you end up bringing up the Brooksley that early. Um, and your outfield is playing good defense. Kepler seems to have figured something out. It's all about Buxton. And if that works, they're talented. Their pitching staff's good. And if their manager gets to make some decisions right. rather than just play puppet master with him, yeah, maybe yeah. they are that good. It's going to be interesting because the schedule lightens. And I hate to say that with, you know, 70 games left in a season. But out of the break, they go to Oakland. The tale is that you, me, and seven friends could beat Oakland. Yeah. But historically on West Coast trips, the Twins soiled the sheets. Please don't look past Oakland. you got to win those games, right? You do, and the, and the Twins historically have gone into, have gone into um, new pitchers that they've never seen, places that they are overconfident in. I mean, they're not the Timberwolves. When the Timberwolves play somebody bad, you know they're going to lose, right? right? Uh, but the Twins historically have done that. Well, and the thing is, do we overreact? Because we've talked about this from week to week. Because we analyze the week, do we need to stop doing that? Because in Atlanta, when the Twins didn't compete the sky was falling. Then they played the Royals and they looked like world beaters. Truth be told, they're somewhere in between those two teams, which is painfully obvious. The Guardians have gotten hot again because, okay, they beat Atlanta once. We couldn't do that. 
But guess who they're playing right now? The Royals going to Royal. Yeah, that's that's true. But this Twins team, enough talent, enough pitching that in the right spot, if they get a little hot, they can go on a run. That's what we hope happens. Speaking of plenty of talent, a lot on this show today. Thank you, Dave Hoops. Thank you, Jay Hagan. Thank you, Dave Cook. Welcome back. That's good to be back. The second outfit was a little more mainstream. (laughs) The second outfit was completely more mainstream. It was. Glad to have you here on the Northland Sports page this week. We'll talk to you next weekend. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, have a good one. We'll talk to you in a week.